Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got it, boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby from Oregon. And I am Bonnie from Oklahoma. And Bonnie, it's your birthday month and your birthday week. And your birthday is coming up soon. Yes, on the 9th. But for real, it's the whole month. Like, the whole month's my birthday. But May is the best, the best. I'm going to be the big 2-9 on the 9th, and I am ready. Big plans for next week. Big plans. Well, you're one year away from 30. I don't want you to freak out. 30 is great. So don't no, worry no. about I've that. I've been telling everyone I'm basically 30. When they're like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm basically 30. Like, that's, that's how old I'm telling people. <laughs> you know what? I, I will make a joke about being a basic female, but you're not a basic female. But hey, if you want to be basically 30, you go ahead and be basically 30. No, I mean, it's true. Like, I'm 29 is pretty much 30. So I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm basically 30. So right. just, you know, it's fine. Hey, and you know, there's a lot of great things with being 30. I'm just saying. Well, I'm kind of sick of saying I'm 20 blank anyways. I'm ready to start saying 30. You know, I've been saying I'm 20 something for 10 years. So. Well, hey, you know, listen, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Here we go. Big milestone. Happy early Good birthday. In Vegas. That's the plan. <laughs> what was that? Dirty 30 in Vegas. That's the plan. Uh, yeah, just make sure you send me the invite because I'm only an hour and a half plane right away. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, totally. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you're in. We will you make are. that happen. For sure. We will have to take B squared from the Vegas strip, and hopefully we are coherent. <laughs> right. If not, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome into B squared, your weekly weather. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Bonnie. is hot and dry yeah. in yeah. Vegas. <laughs> Bonnie's over in the corner. She's doing just fine. I am all good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, happy early birthday. We will celebrate right. your birthday this week and then throughout the month of May because that's right. just what females do now, apparently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We get the whole month. I get yelled at if I want to say it's my birthday week, oh, let no. alone spread out over what? a weekend if it happens that way. But hey, you can have your birthday month. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to argue. Well, it's also Cinco de Mayo, so happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Uh, May 5th is when we are taping this show. And, Bonnie, it's been an interesting week weather-wise, especially for you in the Plains. May means severe weather, and lo and behold, you finally got some. Yes. And, I mean, it started. I mean, Wednesday, May 1st, first day of severe weather, and then May 2nd, we had another round of severe weather. The first day wasn't as big of a deal. I mean, it was. Like, we had a couple of tornadoes, a lot of flooding. The flooding's been the big issue. And then hail. But I will say that, like, our risk went up within the same day. Like, it went up real high and went from, I think it went from a slight to enhanced to a moderate. And it just, like, all within the one day. And so that was really crazy. But um, the second day, which was Thursday, was more intense, um, but more further south. And there was quite a few tornado warnings, several tornadoes that touched down, all pretty little and short-lived, but still, like, 
May is like, hey, winter's over, kicked it out of here, and now here's severe weather here to stay. So it was an interesting week, but the flooding was the main thing. So much rain, so much rain. Well, that is good, and we know that you need it. And, yes. You know, when you look at the forecast for the upcoming week, which we'll get into here toward the end of the show, uh, more rain, more storms. Uh, it seems to kind of be that pattern now that, you know, you didn't have last year when you yeah. were, you know, complaining about the lack of severe weather. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's just a trend. And I know that, you know, you want severe weather, but you don't because you have massive amounts of plans for your birthday this upcoming weekend. So yeah. hopefully you'll get severe storms that skirt around Oklahoma City. You'll be able to celebrate 29 as you should. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And then just, you know, enjoy, enjoy your birthday weekend. That's the plan. Hopefully the severe weather is before and after the birthday weekend. That's all, right. all I need. <laughs> but hey, a birthday storm chase wouldn't be too bad, would it? No, that's very true. That would be, that wouldn't be, yeah, that would like really put, be the cherry on top of a good birthday weekend. So maybe, yeah, bring on some severe weather. <laughs> Do it. All right. Well, speaking of being prepared and severe weather, uh, we went from national podcast or national weather podcast month of the month of March to this week from May 5th through the 11th is National Hurricane Preparedness Week. So we're starting to make that transition into severe storms. And with that also comes now we start looking at the tropics. And last year's hurricane season was a record breaking one for a couple storms that were late season storms. Uh, Bonnie, earlier this week, we already had an area of investigation uh, from the National Hurricane Center off the Florida coast, went out there and it, you know, ended up being just an extra tropical system, no big deal. But we start to look at this, and so with now being prepared for hurricanes, you got to be prepared for storm uh, storm surge, rip currents, inland flooding, tornadoes, and strong winds. So Bonnie, if it's not one thing, it's another, and let's just keep adding to the fun of springtime and summertime weather. Right, and I feel like a hurricane is just. I mean, that's all of it all in one. And the fact that hurricanes spawn tornadoes, which is, that's just mind blowing to me. I mean, it makes sense, you know, those outer bands in the right front quadrant that get those spin ups and stuff. But I mean, it's just crazy. You're already dealing with one major rotating thing and then it puts down a bunch of little ones. So right. it's just, you know, that's, that's crazy. But yeah, definitely being prepared, especially along the coast, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida. And, you know, when we talk about being prepared for hurricanes, it's dealing with water issues. So you're dealing yeah. with your storm surge. You're dealing with inland flooding. You're dealing with, you know, rip currents. And the thing that we tell people is, listen, if you're in an area that's flooding, move to the highest level of your house. If you have to get on your roof, get on your roof. You will be rescued. You need to make sure you have ways to communicate with people. But the big mm -hmm. thing is, and I saw this stat a little bit earlier as we were getting ready to do the show. Over 50% of the deaths last year related to hurricanes were because people were trapped in cars. Oh, my gosh. And it just, it, again, we can't stress this enough. If a road is flooded, do not drive over it or do not yeah. try to drive through the water because you don't know what's happening beneath the surface of the water. A road could be washed out. It doesn't yeah. matter if, if the water looks calm. It could have yeah. already washed out and then you drive and then drop off a ledge and now your car is floating. And if you don't know how to get out of a car that's submerged, well, I'm sorry, you're going to lose your life. And so, yeah, it, it's, and windows usually don't roll down if your car is submerged. No, they don't. And you have to literally break them out or you have to wait for the pressure to equal, you know, inside and out before you can attempt to open your door. So 
It's just common sense really is the name of the game here and being prepared. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute when we talk about Cyclone Fanny uh, that went into India this week. And it's going to be ranked in the top 10 or 15 most, you know, costliest storms. But because they were prepared, they evacuated a ton of people and the death toll, Bonnie, is less than 50. And that's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, it is, especially for that area, very high population, yep. um, very powerful storm. So, yeah, I mean, definitely one is too many, but it could be a lot worse. So yep. they they understand hurricane preparedness over there, cyclone preparedness over there. Exactly. Well, before we jump in and kind of just recap that storm, let's take a look at the 2019 Atlantic hurricane names. Uh, list is put out by the WMO, the World Meteorological Organization. Uh, the only time a list changes is when a storm is so deadly or costly that future use of its name on a different storm would be inappropriate. Uh, in those cases, the names are retired and the WMO replaces the name with a new one. Last year, the names of Florence and Michael were retired respectfully as both of those storms did a lot of damage and were record breakers for the United States. Hasn't Harvey been retired and then obviously Katrina? Yes. Those Irma. Ha- Yep, a bunch of those have been retired. Um, the list basically rotates every six years. So, um, you know, some of these names that we are read, you'll be like, wait, I already know that there was a Hurricane Umberto, or I know that there was a Hurricane Karen. Yeah. Well, yeah, the list resets and, until a storm is deadly enough or costly enough, they keep the name. So here are the names for 2019. You have Andrea, Barry, Chantel, Dorian, Aaron, Fernand, Gabrielle, Umberto, Imelda, Jerry, Karen, which is just so basic white name, Lorenzo, Melissa, Nestor, Olga, Pablo, Rebecca, Sebastian, Tanya, Van, and Hurricane Wendy to round out the list. So, comedy. My money's on Karen. I'm all about Hurricane Karen. Yep. Aaron, Karen, Tanya, Olga, and maybe even Olga's Barry. Good too. Yeah. I mean, just, just, you know, fun names. And, <clears throat> you know, it, it rotates back and forth pretty equally to male and female names. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, a pretty standard list. And like I said, there are six lists total. And when a name gets retired, it's, you know, filled in with another name. So uh, 2019 is off and running. Hurricane season kicks off, what, June 1st, officially. Um, and to double check that, but I believe it's June 1st. But, Bonnie, uh, hey, we're we're in it and yeah june 1st to november 30th so hurricane season peaks and then of course everybody knows our peak time and uh the atlantic hurricane season is just around september uh so we will uh kind of get going here in in earnest but we get storms in june we'll get storms in july and if anything if history were to repeat itself from last year boring early start and then it really ramps up toward the middle and end of the uh, end of the season because it was a uh, I can recall talking a lot about here on B squared that nothing was happening in the tropics yes uh, I remember that too and yeah I mean later in the season makes the most sense because then the ocean waters are warmer by yeah. that time they've been heating up for months and so that's where that higher chance comes in but yeah I definitely remember a boring start last year I do remember uh, tropical storm Bonnie though. So let's yes. just, <laughs> she's the one that wouldn't quit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, we talked about it just a second ago, but, uh, cyclone Fanny 
was going to move into India, and at the time it was a Category Four storm, uh, and their scale is different than our Saffir-Simpson scale. But you know, max winds of 155, which I believe is a Cat Five here in the United States, um, is a Category Four storm. Uh, in the uh, I'm also losing my geographical knowledge here. It's in the uh, Indian Ocean. There we go. Wow. It's been a long day. Green slot. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> it's that four overtime game from Friday night with the Blazers that, you know, still zap my energy as, you know, we're now 48 hours past that, but I'm slowly recovering. <laughs> Playoff hangover. It's yes, totally okay. It totally That's... is acceptable. But as Fanny made an approach into India, there was roughly uh, in the neighborhood of 575 million people that could have been affected. And the Indian government and the regional governments took heed of this. They did a really good job of evacuating people. And like we just said, Bonnie, the death toll appears to be about 50 or less out of 575 million. I think that's a pretty amazing stat. Yeah, I agree. I mean, definitely one life is always one too many. But when it's that densely populated and the death toll is that low, um, that's good. That's a lot of quick thinking, you know, preparedness proactiveness very good very good so right and if you want to see some amazing footage of this storm coming ashore hop on twitter and just search the hashtag fanny f-a-n-i you can watch you know roofs being blown off buildings you can watch buses being overturned and blown down the road you can see awnings at gas stations flip over uh there's a video of some girls in an apartment where the door busts open and all of a sudden it's just like oh my gosh you know they're closing the doors, save their lives. You can watch, you know, video of wind windows being blown out. It's just, it's incredible. You know, we talk about the fact that the death toll was really minimal, but when you get a storm of this size and magnitude and it's coming in, man, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's incredible. So. And I just would be, I, you know, I'm really not scared of the weather because I know like what to do and like precautions and things, you know, especially with our severe weather around here. Right. But as far as, being in a major hurricane or any hurricane of any sort, I just, I wouldn't, you know, I, I've never been in one. I mean, we've had those ones that come up and come up through Texas, but by the time they get to us, it's really just rain. Right. So it's a dying, you know, hurricane, but yeah, I just wouldn't know what to do with windows and doors blowing out like that, you know, because I mean, getting in a storm shelter is obviously not the option. So I just would not, that would just be really scary for sure. Right. And again, if you have a moment and you want to see some amazing footage of, you know, how they reacted to this, uh, just search the hashtag, you know, Fanny. It's it's incredible video. And uh, for weather geeks like us, it's really, really cool footage to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Well, Bonnie, we go from hurricanes to this was a week of remembrance across the plains for a couple reasons. But first off, let's jump into what I say for my money outside of the El Reno tornado is probably the most impactful and influential storm that I ever saw TV coverage wise. You lived through it. The May 3rd, 1999, more tornado uh, celebrated its anniversary this year. And man, 20, 20 years. 20 years. Yeah, I cannot believe it's been 20 years. That is just ridiculous you know that was like you said may 3rd 1999 that was six days before my ninth birthday so i was pretty young and we lived up in 
west northwest Oklahoma City. Like we were in far western Oklahoma City, like we were close to Canadian County. So we were pretty far north and west of that. So we were never really in the direct path um, of May 3rd, but I I am now. <laughs> I'll right. tell you that. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember it was, it was dark where I was for sure. It was mm-hmm. dark outside, stormy. Um, I remember my mom watching the news and it was real intense. And that was not the only supercell. There was, I don't know how many with tornado warnings on them in the state at the same time. Right. So I'll tell you, if you want to see what was going on, there is on YouTube a lot of news station coverage Mm -hmm. from that day. And I still go back and watch it. I watched some on Friday and (laughs) I will say you should compare the radar from then to now. Like it's so, so like very low resolution, very basic, very, they didn't have live streaming from their chasers to the station. They, not all of them had their choppers. Like, and so it was just, I, it was, it's almost like being spoiled, like trying to watch it now. I'm like, where's all the live video? Where's all the, you know, but then I have to remember, okay, this is 20 years ago, but I mean, that day and what it did to more Oklahoma. And I mean, there's some good pictures where you can just, you can right. see the path of, on the ground of this tornado. And it is just, it churned the ground. It leveled everything and tore up the, the ground itself. And that day changed Oklahoma forever, changed more Bridge Creek forever. And it's always a big day for us every mm-hmm. year. You know, it's always a huge day that we remember and, for it to happen again later in the month, several years later, you know, May 20th and May 31st. And eventually every day in May is going to have a significant tornado, you know, assigned to it. Sure. Absolutely. So we'll see, we'll see what's going on this season, but yeah. So that was the 20th anniversary on Friday. And that's just mind blowing that it has been 20 years. You know, it's funny. You look at it. 1999 was the year I graduated high school. So I'm a couple of years older than Bonnie is, but you go through and you look at this um, as a weather geek living on the West Coast and up in, you know, the Portland, Oregon area. We don't see tornadoes anywhere near this. The strongest tornado we've ever had in our region is an F2. And that was in the late, you know, late 70s, just across the river in Vancouver, Washington. Wow. But you look at this and it's one of those storms that sticks with you forever. I remember I'm at home watching coverage on the weather channel of this and I'm just blown away and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is incredible footage. I mean, look what it's doing to the city of Moore, Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. And you had tweeted this out from a, um, an account called Oklahoma tornadoes with the total stats for May 3rd. Now, of course we associate May 3rd with just being that, you know, the F five that went through more, but there were 60 tornadoes is one of those super outbreak days. Yep. And you had 60 tornadoes. You had the one F5 and you had two F4s. You had 12 more tornadoes the next day. It was the first tornado emergency ever issued. Yep. Um, Bridge Creek slash Moore, the F5, had the highest ever rated winds at the point. Uh, Mulhall uh, had an F4 potentially among the widest ever recorded. And, you know, it's, it's one of those storms where you're like, okay – and fast forward a couple of years after that, I'm interviewing for a job here in Portland at one of the country radio stations. And the woman that would go on to be my boss and one of my dear friends and one of the best people I've ever worked for, she was in Yukon, Oklahoma. 
Wow. Her sister went to, whose sister went to OU. And I asked her during my interview process, I was like, hey, do you remember, you know, May 3rd, 99? The, and she goes, oh, of course I do. She goes, you know, we were, you know, at home and, you know, I think my sister was in school in Norman and we were all trying to figure out stuff. And she goes, we had a tornado not too far from our house. And so I was like, okay. And so, you know, that's one of the things I, you know, again, at the time I didn't know her. I know, and now I know her really well, and we still have talk, a couple times talked about that day, you know, what went through her head. But, man, uh, it's, again, it's one of those storms that you will never forget. And, like I said, after after that storm, there wasn't really a memorable tornado in my mind until El Reno. But it's not the only anniversary that, you know, we are looking at. Twelve years ago, yesterday, was the Greenberg tornado that went through Kansas. And I yeah. think that was the one that really kind of opened the eyes of people that, okay, we know that Moore got hit and was pretty much destroyed or had parts of the city destroyed. Greenberg was a different story and a different ballgame because it was everything. Yeah. And you go back and you look at the footage of that, and it's very comparable to what you saw in Moore. It's very comparable uh, to what happened with the El Reno tornado. It's comparable with some of the other bigger storms that we've seen, the one that went through Alabama a couple of years ago. And so, you know, like you said, you look at May and the month of May, it's it's severe weather season, and it's, you know, starting to ramp up into the height of it. And, Bonnie, mm-hmm. tornadoes come, and they come big this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, and especially around here and, and the deep south for sure. You know, it's just it, – this is just the intersection of where all of those prime ingredients meet – dry lines and cold fronts and the warm, moist air, and they all just come together right here. And that's why this is a prime location. And, you know, I'm honestly not scared to be where I'm at. I mean, this area has been hit a zillion times over the years, but then it's also been hit by May 3rd and May 20th. So, I mean, but I've got my uh, storm shelter coming in tomorrow, so I'll be good. But it's just, you know, this is a hotbed and not just more. I mean, all of Oklahoma is. And I mean, here we go. And it started, it's, it has started. So we'll see how the month goes. It's funny. You had retweeted, uh, the, uh, radar image from Stu Oster from the weather channel. Sorry about that guys. I have something in my throat and I can't get rid of it, but he had posted the, basically the radar over the whole course of the first part of the outbreak, Mm -hmm. including the more tornado. Mm -hmm. And, I could be wrong, but I swear that radar signature is exactly what radar scope uses for their logo. It looks like it, and it very well could be. But I mean, it could be any classic supercell. Sure, exactly. That's what that was. But I mean, and you know, like I was saying, that the radar back then was very low quality compared to now. But I mean, despite that, it was a classic, gorgeous, beautiful shaped supercell. Yep. And there was no mistaking where the tornado was where the debris ball was despite the, you know, older radar. So um, that just shows that that storm was not messing around, that it was there. It was, you know, and here's the thing that was crazy about that is that a storm behind it started to form that I want to say also had a tornado warning put on it. Didn't put down anything as serious as that F5, but that's just how, unstable and volatile the atmosphere was is that that one storm did not clean out the atmosphere because that's what happens typically is the storm moves through 
and that part of the atmosphere, there's not very many good ingredients left. And so the fact that another one was able to form like there, it was just all the ingredients came together and a lot of those ingredients came together. So that was, that was just a historic day. That's really just all there is to it. Well, I mean, you know, 60 tornadoes kind of speaks for itself there. Yeah. Absolutely. So you go back and look at it. I will say this. You had posted this and a bunch of people through, you know, Oklahoma City and South on May 1st. You guys had some beautiful looking mammatus clouds that came through. Yes. 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 I mean, that that was the backside of some storms that moved out. And oh, yeah, a lot of people put a lot of good pictures and with the sunset and everything it was yeah and you know those are some of my favorite cloud formations that are still not fully understood how they're formed but i mean it's just but it is a signature of storms and strong storms and severe storms and yeah we we get a lot of good mammatus formations around here during the spring for sure i'm jealous i've seen mammatus in the portland area a handful of times the most impressive I've ever seen was in Central Oregon under a, a storm that had it was probably peaking out its mature stage and was starting to dissipate, but it still looked pretty cool. But man, when I saw that, I saw your photos first, and then I saw Rick Smith from, um, you know, NWS Norman post it. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. I will say this right now: I, I've been to the National Weather Center in Oklahoma City, or in Norman, and driven through Oklahoma City, and. You know, as a guy that doesn't see a whole lot of tornado damage out here, you know, we get some blown over signs and maybe some grass bent. Driving up and down, was it interstate? What's your main interstate that cuts through there? I should know, but I don't. It's not off the top From of my north head. north to south yeah. or east to west? Uh, north-south. I-35. Okay, so I-35 driving through Norman into Moore and then up in Oklahoma City. There are still trees there that have been, you know, decimated by tornadoes. And mm-hmm. when somebody from the northwest sees that for the first time, I wouldn't say it's shocking, but it's very eye-opening. And it's like, oh. And I, again, it could have been from any storm that blew through there. But when yeah. you finally see that for the first time, you're like, okay, I, I really get it. It really hits home like, okay, I understand now. Well, I'm telling you, you if, if you were here in 2013, because obviously in 99, I was young. I Of course, my mom wasn't going to drive down here to look at any damage or look at anything. So... I didn't see anything, but in 2013, I was living in South Oklahoma City, and so after those storms hit, driving through more, and this sounds like I came through the next day to just look at damage. I just mean in the months to come, it was, neighborhoods were gone, shopping centers were gone, um, hospital leveled, completely gone. It's back now, but completely gone. That hospital is actually... Uh, probably a mile from my house. Like it's just right outside my neighborhood. And so is the Warren theater. So, I mean, just to see that and the trees, big trees snapped off at the base and just, right. I mean, it, it it's eye opening for people who live here, you know, but yeah, definitely people who are not native to Oklahoma or to this area of the country. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable to look at it, honestly. Right. It was funny, that trip, the reason why I was even in Oklahoma in the first place, uh, one of the radio stations I worked for, we were the Oregon Duck flagship. So we traveled to every home and away game. And some of us went and traveled every game. Some of us just did home games. Well, that year we had started off in Dallas against, I want it was I think it was Auburn. Yeah, I, I want, I'm pretty sure it was Auburn. And we were at Jerry World in Dallas. So we did an RV trip from Portland to 
Ve- Portland to Reno, Reno to Vegas, Vegas to Albuquerque, Albuquerque to Dallas. And we did it in four days driving time. And we had to be in the city by the next day to do our morning radio show. Uh, and I was going, I was an engineer slash driver. So I was there just kind of providing comic relief and updating social media and all that fun stuff. Uh, got to Dallas like at three o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> and again, I'm a Northwest guy. I've spent a lot of time in the Midwest, especially the upper Midwest Great Lakes region. I know what humidity is. Yeah. However, when you open the RV door mm-hmm. at 3 a.m. and you step outside in Dallas and it's 75 degrees and 90% humidity, you are not ready for that. It is. It gets intense. And that's, we're all, I mean, obviously we're all used to it, but I mean, we all complain about it all season long, but there are days where you go outside and you go, this feels like tornado weather. Oh yeah. And that's just, I mean, that's just how good we are. It's just, we can really tell, I mean, you know, to a point when it's going to be severe weather, you're like, wow, it smells like it. It looks like it. It feels like it. And and here we are. This is the month for it. And it, it certainly did feel like that last week. And so we'll see what happens in the weeks to come. But yeah, the humidity around here is no joke. No, it's not. And, you know, we were in Dallas for the game, ended up leaving on Sunday. We had to drive back to Portland and be back by Tuesday. We, uh, The gentleman that I was riding with, a friend of mine, he and I had to work at the Taylor Swift concert that Tuesday. So we had to hustle to get back. And so... We, you know, woke up Sunday morning in Dallas. We drove to Oklahoma City. He went to OU, um, was worked in the sports information department, uh, as part of the athletic department. So while he went to hang out with his friends, he dropped me off at the National Weather Center. So I was like, you know, I was a kid in a candy store walking around just like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I totally know who this guy is. And you go on my Facebook page and you look, I have an entire section dedicated just to this part of the trip. But, you know, like I said, driving up and down the freeway, you see trees that have their bark you know completely ripped off you see mm-hmm. you know damage to buildings and there are even signs like once here stood a building and you see just the foundation and it's it's eye-opening and i was just i was really blown away but it's funny the next day so you know when is it going to be back tuesday i don't know it doesn't matter tuesday or wednesday but that night we drove and we stayed in salina kansas at a truck stop just mm-hmm. slept in the rv and that next day, we're going to drive from Salina, Kansas out to Salt Lake City. And again, I know everybody says, oh, my gosh, the planes are boring. It's flat, blah, 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 blah. It, yeah, it's kind of flat. But, I mean, there are beautiful rolling hills. And, again, it's something different for me. Okay? I'm wow. used to walking out the door, and I can look east, and I can see, you know, uh, an 11,000-foot mountain with snow on it year-round. Or I can see, you know, the 1,500-foot-high west hills here around Portland. And yes, wow. I live in a valley and I have hills on both sides. And so I see elevation changes all the time. So when I just see gentle rolling hills, I'm like, ah, oh, this is really kind of cool and quaint. But it's funny. We stopped at a rest stop to use the bathroom. And what do they have on the speaker? But NOAA weather radio and saying, hey, you know, if you're in the area and there are tornadoes, this is a storm shelter. You can, you know, enter the building and then you go down the two flights of stairs or whatever it was. Um, I'm really bummed I didn't take my cell phone in to use the restroom because had I known that that shelter was there, I would have taken pictures. But it was really cool just to see, okay, people in the Midwest do take this seriously. And as a kid growing up in the Northwest and, you know, as an adult that's still here, it was really fascinating. But, man, I, I totally understand. I mean, once you step foot in the Midwest, you get a sense of, okay, there's not a whole lot here that's, you know, going to change the way our climate is 
or the way that our weather is affected because you're in an open swath of area. You have air that moves pretty freely, you know, yeah. between the Gulf of Mexico and Canada. And lo and behold, when these two air masses mix, there's nothing that's stopping it from, you know, creating storms. So, you know, when you can read about weather in textbooks and you can experience it in a lab setting. But until you actually see the physical place where it happens, it really, you know, kind of puts puts everything into perspective. Yeah, definitely. And that that's 100% true. And, you know, you can always tell people who haven't experienced it because you say the word tornado and they freak out, you know, and right. so it's, and that's definitely people from the West and Northwest. And so, yeah, but yeah, we are, we're all used to it around here. We all understand how it works. And we've all heard all the terms so many times. We all know what squall line means and hook echo and mesocyclone and, because we hear it all season long, but that still doesn't stop the fact that we all need to respect it yep. and take precaution when it's happening. Right. And not complain when, you know, TV breaks in to interrupt golf or survivor, survivor. or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. That, you know what? I think no matter how many lives are saved or how much property is saved, people will still complain about that. Ungrateful. That's all there is to it. Yep. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, you know, we're grateful for the work that the men and women on the National Weather Service do. We're thankful for the TV meteorologists and the private meteorologists and the research meteorologists and everybody that is associated with getting the information out there and keeping us safe. Because without you guys, this really uh, kind of falls flat on its face. So we, we appreciate it. I know Bonnie and I especially do. So Absolutely. thank you from the bottom of our hearts for you guys doing what you do to keep us safe because we do appreciate it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, let's jump into our forecasts. Um, you get all the fun, exciting stuff, <laughs> which is okay. Yeah. You'll just watch from a very, very, very great exactly. distance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we've got severe weather, uh, two days. We've got pretty, pretty good risk Tuesday and Wednesday from everything I'm seeing and reading. Uh, Wednesday looks to be the better day, which is fine. Thursday's my birthday, so let's get it all out of the way before and then move on. But uh, but we'll see. You know, it, it always changes, goes up and down in the days and hours leading up to it. But right now it's looking like Tuesday, Wednesday, with Wednesday being the better chance. Uh, the rest of the week, some slight rain chances, but some of those chances turn into storm chances later, you know. So it's spring. It's spring. We're on our toes all the time in the spring. Right. Well, we had talked about last week how it was going to be boring here. You know, sunny skies, temperatures into the 70s, which has been absolutely amazing. Um, I haven't gotten out to play golf yet. Maybe this week we will see. But we talked about a previous show how 90% of the country you guys experience your storms move west to east or even southwest to northeast, right? Classic pattern. That's how it yeah. happens. And I mentioned, well, here in the west, we're different and crazy where our storms sometimes move from south to north or maybe even southeast to northwest. Well, we had even more fun uh, on Tuesday. Some storms had fired up over the Cascades up in the state of Washington. And, you know, we were in that classic flow where high pressure is aloft and you occasionally get storms that will drift from the east to the west. Well, we got some storms that drifted from the northeast down to the southwest and just across the river in Vancouver, Washington. People are complaining, oh my gosh, it's raining. And I'm like, what? I look outside, beautiful sky. No clouds in sight, and I pull up the radar. Sure enough, a little pop-up shower, and it drifts right off of Mount St. Helens, right down through Clark County, 
uh, ends up going into the east side of Portland, but it was hilarious. It was like, oh, it's going to be such a great, beautiful day. And I'm like, yes, it is. And all of a sudden, boom, pop-up shower. And it happens a couple times a year where the ingredients are just, talk about a microclimate, just totally, totally perfect. Well, that east to west flow, that would blow my mind. Like, cause that does not happen here. The only time we have that kind of quote backwards flow is if we have a tropical storm that's come on shore. Right. And you know, the movement around that center low is, you know, that direction. And so, but other than that, like if it was going from, from east to west, I think we would all be beside ourselves because like we wouldn't know like what that is. Cause that does not happen. Right. And I mean, I'm, and I'm sure you guys have some upper level disturbances where you guys are maybe in, say, the white, the, you know, right front quadrant of it. You know, you yeah. still have that motion, but it's pretty rare at the surface here. It happens all the time. And so, you know, we're just kind of used to it. And one of my all time favorite stories, gosh, this is going to date me. I want to say it was probably 2000. I'm working at a radio station here in town. Rob Marciano, who's now at ABC News is the chief meteorologist at the ABC affiliate. I would go on to intern with him uh, a couple months after this happened. But it's a beautiful summer day. Supposed to be, you know, summer skies, nothing happening, dead weather. Well, over Vancouver, Washington, again, there's a thing called Vancouver Lake. It's a body of water, not too deep. But a thunderstorm pops up, and literally the air had been warming the water all day, and all of a sudden a little cap broke, and poof, pop-up thunderstorm. And so we're running these forecasts saying, hey, you know, nothing happening, boring, you know, sunny skies, blah, blah, blah. And people are calling me pissed. They're like, what are you talking about? There's thunder and lightning in Vancouver. I'm like, what? I go outside and look up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, there is. I still remember the satellite picture to this day. Literally, the, the storm formed right over the lake, and it just sat there. Wow. And it was just, it was, you know, again, microclimates, super cool, completely random, but, you know, it happens. So... While you guys get the fun storms, we get these little drifting little pop-up storms that occasionally make it down to the valley. Most times they don't. But, yeah, the forecast is kind of the same for us here this week. Uh, clear, warm. We might get up to 90 this weekend. Wow. So we will see. Um, it's going to be brutal for me working in the bar. Even though we have four air conditioners, it doesn't always get cold. So that's true. When there's 900 people in there like that, oh, it's yeah. true. It does not matter. Nope. And they're all <laughs> dancing and burning off energy, which is releasing heat and everything. And I love people that come up to me, man, it's so packed. I wish people wouldn't be here. And my first response is, nothing says you have to be. Right. And like, they just look at me yeah. like, well, why? I want to be here. Well, so does everybody else. <laughs> Oh, that's and so I'm funny. sorry that everybody's here, but it is <laughs> <laughs> it's comedy. Oh, it's comedy. But let's talk about your birthday real quick. Do you have any fun plans to celebrate the big two nine? Yes, definitely. Um, big birthday dinner on my actual birthday, which is Thursday. Um, going out Friday night to a, a fun club called Cowboys, which is kind of like uh, your club up there, Bushwhackers. Do you have air conditioning at Cowboys? <laughs> yes. Okay, and good. does it help? No. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, and then um, we've got some very interesting like hole in the wall unique little bars and stuff in certain areas of like downtown Oklahoma City and other districts in the city and so we're going to kind of uh, you know get cute whatever and do a little bar hop in and then of course birthday brunch on Sunday because it wouldn't be basically 30 without doing a basic brunch so 
that's kind of the plans there. Um, if I sound half asleep next week, sorry guys, because I've been partying for four days. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, let's just hope that you know your severe weather really isn't that severe, and you know we don't have a whole lot to talk about, so you can just kind of you know mutter your way and mumble your way through the show. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yes, no answers might be appropriate next weekend. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> We've all been there. We've all right. been there, but. Uh, happy early birthday. Uh, I wish you official birthday when we get to it on Thursday, but uh, another fantastic episode of B squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in sunny Oregon. Go blazers up two one. <laughs> and I am Bonnie in Oklahoma. Who's still salty that defender out of the playoffs. <laughs> it's all good. It happens. There's, oh, there's always year. there's always next year exactly <laughs> but hey now you get you know get ready for sooner football so yeah that's true that's true and they look good so uh hopefully you guys can have another uh, heisman winning quarterback that will be the number one draft pick i'm sure we will that's what we do right. <laughs> shout out to lincoln riley one time here on b squared all right bonnie like i said another great edition of the show and we will talk with you guys next week bye <laughs>